Mahomes is back. That and more today on the Charlie Jacobs podcast. Today, it's Wednesday, January 24th as I'm recording this. And as I said in the intro, Patrick Mahomes, he is back. Mahomes, he struggled in the regular season. This was the worst regular season he's had of his career. And in the playoffs so far, he's been incredible. He looks like the Patrick Mahomes we all know and love to watch. And he just went into Buffalo and beat the Bills. Mahomes, he was incredible in this game. Kelsey had two touchdowns. He finally aged down a little bit. I do still think he's he does definitely look older, but he did in this game look a little bit more like his old self. Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs, he is a star, and for them to get him in the second in the seventh round, it's just incredible for what he's become. He's such a hard player to tackle. He's always getting extra yards. He's a really tough downhill runner. I can't wait to see him go head on with Roquan Smith. And the Chiefs defense down the stretch, they've been great. And especially in that game, they've been great. Um, Their defense is great. And speaking to that greatness is the fact that Legereus Sneed, one of their corners, who's a stud, he just let up his first touchdown of the entire year. And also, the Chiefs only allowed Allen to complete two passes over five air yards. The rest of his completed passes were under five air yards. And one thing I think the Chiefs really need to stop doing if they want to have any chance to beat the Ravens, Andy Reid needs to stop calling plays to give the ball to McCall Hardman because he single-handedly almost lost the game for the Chiefs. He had two fumbles on two touches. It was a disaster. Um, but I do think if Mahomes can beat the Ravens and make it to and even win the Super Bowl, there should be an argument that he's the best quarterback this sport has ever seen. And that includes comparing him and saying he's better than Brady. Because what Mahomes has done so far in his career is uncomparable. The Bills, though, they lost to the Chiefs again. They're 0-3 against them in the playoffs when it's Allen versus Mahomes. Whenever the Bills scored, if they were scored first, then the Chiefs would always answer, whether that's with 3 or 7. Stephon Diggs was terrible. He kept getting targets, but he just, some of the targets he couldn't catch. Some of them he was just flat out dropped. There was a huge pass when Allen had one of the best deep throws of this season and Diggs just dropped it. It was in his hands. He dropped it. And then he puts his hands up like, oh my God, what was that throw? It was all Diggs' fault. And just Going to with that in the playoffs and also the last few weeks of the regular season, Khalil Shakir has emerged as a really reliable target for Josh Allen. And even though Diggs has had so many more targets than Shakir in that span, Shakir still has more yards and he's been more impactful. Allen, he was dominating the game on the ground in the first half. He was rushing amazing. He had two rushing touchdowns, but the Chiefs really contained it more down the stretch and... I think that's a huge reason why the Bills ended up losing. Um, The DeMar Hamlin fake punt was such a stupid call. I don't care if there's 10 men on the field. With that much of the game already gone and how much there was left, and to, to make that call at that time was such a bad decision. Luckily, it didn't hurt them as much because Hardman then fumbled the ball through the end zone, which is a whole other rule that needs to be talked about. But that was a stupid play. And then Tyler Bass... Missed the game-tying field goal, and I do still think, though, let's say he makes it, I still think the Chiefs would have driven down and at least gotten three. It just felt like one of those games where Mahomes was outplaying Allen, which he was down the stretch, and yeah, the Chiefs the Chiefs are back, and they're not the midseason Chiefs, they're the playoff Chiefs. Moving on 
the Packers. They should have won. I'm so annoyed because I was rooting for them. Even though I love the Niners. The Niners, I love them, but I was really rooting for the Packers. The Packers, in their three red zone trips, ended up having two field goals and a turnover on downs. And the turnover on downs, you could say that Love did cross the first down marker and the refs didn't give it to him. But still, to not to not get a touchdown on any of your three drives in the red zone and to lose this game by three, it's just it's a huge blow to the Packers who almost upset the Niners. Jordan Love, he definitely did earn himself a huge extension, but as I said, they did come up short. It came down to a rookie kicker when the Packers, they were up by four. If Anders Carlson makes the kick, they're up by seven. If the Niners go down and kick an extra point, the game's tied. He's been shaky all year too, and he missed, and then the Niners followed it up by driving down and scoring to win the game. Just a whole another thing about the Packers, to have all of the receivers that they do at their ages and their tight ends that they have, all these guys are just these athletic players. A lot of them were drafted in later rounds, some of them second, third, some of them even fifth, sixth, that area. But they're all just making plays. And I feel like Love, you could really see that he has a connection with these receivers. And it almost feels like when Rodgers and Favre would be with the Packers and they wouldn't even necessarily have these star names, but they just have these guys that they would make it to stars like Devontae Adams. Yes, he was a second round pick, but I don't think he would have been, I don't think he would have become what he is now without Rogers. Um, it's just, it's awesome to see. And it's a great story when you talk about these receivers and the Packers overall, they really have a bright future and so does their whole division, which is going to be a very tough division coming up, especially if the Bears take Caleb Williams and seeing what the Vikings do and obviously the Lions. The Fal- the Packers, as I mentioned, I mentioned Favre and Rodgers. They found another quarterback, of course. Of course they did. Who's going to be like a Favre or Rodgers? It feels like right now, who's going to be that guy who's going to be there for a while and he's going to be really good for a while. The Niners' defense in that game, they showed some weaknesses between the 20s, but they were great in the red zone. And Dre Greenlaw, even though he didn't go down on both of his interceptions, he was my MVP of the game. I thought he was the best player in that game on defense. Yes, obviously McCaffrey for the offense, and, and yeah, but still, Dre Greenlaw was huge in that game. The Ravens, they dominated the Texans. Last week, I said the Texans were going to win. I think a little bit of that might have just been in my heart, me rooting for an upset and rooting for C.J. Stroud. The Ravens destroyed them. Even though Stroud didn't get sacked at all the game, the pressure was getting to him the whole time. And even without Humphrey in the Baltimore secondary, their defense were was locking up the Texas receivers, and they were really stuffing the run against them. Uh, Roquad Smith, linebacker for the Ravens, number zero, which I love that he's number zero. It looks It's so cool. He's the best defensive player in the league right now. Through his first six seasons, if you compare his stats to the stats of Ray Lewis, they're almost identical. Roquan's played two more games, but that also is because of the extra games in the regular season, and Roquan has just been a stud, and when you have numbers through your first six seasons, it's not just one or two seasons, through six seasons that are comparable to probably the best middle linebacker of all time in Ray Lewis, that's pretty special. Uh, Roquan, when you watch him, you could tell he really cares about his team. He really cares about his teammates. He's one of the hardest hitters in the NFL, and he's great at stopping the run. And he's also good in coverage if you need him to do that. And him and Patrick Queen is a great linebacking pair. And there's two. There's actually two really strong linebacking duos that I would say have two big names 
on each team. You have Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, and then you have Patrick Queen, and you have, obviously, Roquan Smith. But the Ravens' defense, they've been shut down for about two months. They've More than two months. They've just been incredible this whole season. And now it's time to see if Mahomes could beat them. I don't know if he will, but it is Patrick Mahomes. Lamar, also, to a lot of doubts from people who said he wasn't going to be ready for the playoffs because he has struggled in the past, he wowed. He was unbelievable. In that game, he dominated. He became not only the first quarterback in NFL history with three 100-yard rushing games in the playoffs, but what I think is more impressive, he became the first quarterback in NFL history in any game with two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, 100-plus rushing yards, and 100-plus passer rating in a single game. It's It's... It feels like that is the type of stat line that shouldn't be possible, yet Lamar just did it end in the playoffs. For the Texans, they have a really bright future with Stroud. I also think they're going to be a big free agent destination for some big names, maybe Mike Evans, maybe, let's say, T. Higgins. There's a lot of big-name free agents who I think will want to go to Houston to either be to be because of Stroud or because D'Amico Ryans and the way he coached up that defense. I mean, you could see for, for like the season— Everyone loved D'Amico Ryans, and C.J. Stroud was awesome, and I'm going to be rooting for the Texans for the next few years because I think it's such a cool thing that C.J. Stroud is this good when I was not, I personally was not expecting it. Also, to add to this, Houston is a huge city in the United States, so that could be another appeal to people. All right, the last big game of this weekend, this past weekend, was the Lions-Bucks, and the Lions did it. They beat Tampa to get their spot in the NFC Championship. Huge congrats to the Lions. Um, One big thing and one big reason why I think they're doing so well right now is that Dan Campbell isn't making any play calls to jeopardize the team and make it so the other team has easy scoring opportunities. He hasn't called a fake punt. He hasn't done a stupid fourth down call. Every time he's made a play call or he's had his OC or DC make play calls, it's nothing that you would look at the screen that you look at the screen and think, why is Dan Campbell doing this? He's actually making good decisions. And for him, with his history, that's really impressive, I'd say. Also, Jared Goff, he's been very accurate in these playoffs, and he's been passing the ball really well. Mainly in the second half, though, because in the first half of this Lions-Bucks game, there was not much action, not much scoring, and then in the second half, the Lions offense exploded. Amon Ross St. Brown right now is one of the best receivers in the league. You could make an argument he's a top five receiver in the league. He's that good. He's such a reliable receiver, and he's so good at getting open. He'll find seams. He'll find little crevices in the defense, and he'll just find a way to get open for Goff to give him the ball. And Goff being accurate, it's very helpful that he has someone like St. Brown. The 1-2 combo at running back of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs has been everything the Lions could have asked for. When they signed David Montgomery and when they drafted Jameer Gibbs, there were questions, and and also because they had DeAndre Swift and then they traded him, but there were definitely questions and a lot of people saying it was a bad decision to take Gibbs and the Montgomery contract was whatever to a lot of people. But now when you look at it, they were both A-plus moves by the Lions because Montgomery, he's been very good this season, and he's been very reliable, especially in the goal-to-go situations, like in goal-line situations. And Jameer Gibbs has been electric whenever he has the ball in his hands. 
I feel like the other team would be, oh no, if he breaks one tackle, he might be gone. He's that type of player where he's so good at breaking tackles and it's really hard to bring him down when he has the ball in his hands. He's so shifty. He's so fast. He's such a fun player to watch. The Lions defensive line too. They kept getting pressure in this game. Aiden Hutchinson is leading everyone in the NFL playoffs this season with 17 quarterback pressures. The next most, the second most quarterback pressures in the playoffs this season is 11. So Hutchinson has six more QB QB pressures than the next player. You could also see that he's been impacting the game because he's always in the backfield or he's always, his spin, this spin move he has is so destructive to these offensive lines. He is killing these offensive linemen, not actually killing them, but he is getting by them and he's getting by them pretty easily with just one move. Um, also, defensive line offensive line lines offensive line is great and Frank Rang now played through an injury and he played awesome even Bell being injured and Panay Sewell is the best right tackle in the league right now he's awesome and it was it's so funny when you look back at the draft when a lot of people were saying the Bengals shouldn't have taken Chase and they should have taken Sewell yet both Chase and Sewell are now still well on the rookie deals have made it to or are I mean Chase he made it to Super Bowl but both of them have made it to an AFC or NFC championship on their rookie deals and that was the whole argument during the draft in 2021 so kind of cool to see back to the D-line though a player on the Lions defensive line who's not really getting as much talk about as much recognition is Ali McNeil this big guy in the middle of the offensive line who's just disruptive he's he's kind of he kind of reminds me of like a, not I wouldn't say I wouldn't call him worse because he's not bad, but I would say like not as good as a Vita Vea, but he's similar to that. He's a huge guy. He could pressure the quarterback. I mean, there were even some plays where they were dropping him back into coverage, which maybe is a little bit crazy. But he's a force in the middle of the Lions defensive line. He's solid at stopping the run, and he's especially inside runs. And he's also good at pressuring the quarterback, which not many interior defensive linemen, nose tackles, are that great at except for the elite ones and overall the Lions they're in this place because the past few seasons they've been crushing their drafts this year they took Brian Branch Jack Campbell they also took Sam Laporta and they took Jameer Gibbs all of those players have been very impactful for the Lions Jameer Gibbs already looks like one of the best young running backs in the league Sam Laporta might be the best tight end in football especially with Kelsey getting older Laporta might actually be the best tight end in football um you have Brian Branch, who's been awesome this year. He's been one of their leading tacklers, and he's just been all over the field for the Lions. And Jack Campbell as linebacker, he's also been great. In 2021, the Lions, back then, that was when they took Ali McNeil. That was when they took Amin Ra. That was when they took Sewell. But also, some other players they got in that draft. Ifeatu Melifanwu, he had one and a half sacks against the Bucks, But also, he won in the month of December. He won the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, I believe. Yes, I just had to check myself on that. Yes, in week 16, he was the defensive player of the week. And also, he's just he's been really good. And he missed a lot of time in his first two seasons because of injury. But this season, he's been healthy the whole time. And he's been very impactful for the Lions. And then, obviously, the man who had the game-sealing interception, Derek Barnes, also drafted in 2021. And it was a great interception. He picked off Baker and won them the game and sent him to the NFC Championship with that interception. 
the Bucks this season, all expectations in the beginning were that they weren't going to be good. They were probably going to be in the market for one of the quarterbacks in the draft, but they did way better than expected from the start of the season. And towards the end, there were some moments where it was like, oh, the Bucks, no way they win the division. And then slowly they crept up. They won the division. And after they only beat the Panthers 9-0 in the last week of the regular season, everyone thought, oh, maybe the Eagles could even beat them, even though the Eagles looked like trash. And then a lot of people counted them out, but they kept this game pretty close. And all credit goes to Baker Mayfield, and he will definitely have a job somewhere next year. He'll definitely be a starting quarterback next year, whether that's with the Bucks or somewhere else, because there's a lot of players in the Bucks are going to be free agents. We'll see, but he definitely earned himself another contract. Now to end it off, my picks for both the AFC and NFC championships. I'm not going to do anything with my heart really this time. AFC championship, the Ravens. I love Mahomes, and I think he's incredible. He's so fun to watch. And even though he is back, I don't think, even with this better playing Chiefs offense, just all of this, I don't think they can move the ball as much as some people think on this Ravens defense. This Ravens defense has been so good that it's really hard to pick anyone against them. They've been that good. Also, adding to that, Lamar has been incredible, and he even did it in the playoffs, which in past years has been his weakness. And yes, I keep saying it, Mahomes is such a special player. I don't see the Ravens losing this game. And if they do, I think it would probably be because of one injury to either Lamar or to Roquan or to maybe Kyle Hamilton. They just... The Chiefs need, I think, a little bit of luck if they want to win this game, but that's also just my opinion. And for the NFC Championship, I think the Niners are going to win. The Niners have always been my second favorite team, dating back to the early 2010s. I've always loved them, behind the Giants, obviously. But in this game, I'm rooting for the Lions. I don't think the Lions are going to win. I think San Francisco is going to win, and that's why I have them winning this game. I think for the Lions to win... They should be hoping for rainy conditions since Purdy struggled with the rain against Green Bay. There was a couple plays where he threw some balls that were not good throws, and I think a lot of it was because of the rain. The Niners, though, overall, when you have McCaffrey, when you have Kittle, I, I don't even know if Debo might not even play in this game, but Ayuk still, and Jawan Jennings made some big catches. I mean, and if they do have Debo still, this offense is so overpowering. And even though their defense isn't as good as it was last year, I just think they're so good at wearing teams down. And they had their big scare by almost losing to the Packers. And now they're just going to be going out there. And I think they could, I think there's a chance they destroy the Lions. They're going to bring their A game after almost losing to the seven seed. I think they're just going to roll through the Lions and make it to the Super Bowl. But that's it for this week of the Charlie Jacobs podcast. I'll be back next week for some stuff about the AFC and NFC championship. And then the Super Bowl will be two weeks after that. So I'm really excited for that. Anyways, thank you for listening.